Hey everybody, welcome into the fifth episode of the Michael Like Stuff podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. I am having an absolute blast doing this, so thank you for your support. It means the world. This morning, I got to sit down with one of my best friends, Devin Clark, and we got to talk about a lot of stuff, but predominantly Love is Blind and what is going on with the COVID-19 outbreak, how that is affecting sports, how that is affecting churches, uh, and just how it's affecting our day in and day out life. Um, I hope that you enjoy this fun conversation. If you haven't seen Love is Blind, this is gonna be filled with spoilers. And since you're stuck at home now, I hope that you can binge it if you haven't yet and you can tune into this podcast and know what we're talking about. So thank you so much. Uh, Once again, we talk about the COVID-19 outbreak at the end of the pod. So thank you so much for tuning in and hope you enjoy this conversation. Welcome into the Michael Like Stuff podcast on this Friday. We're recording this on a Friday. I'm here with my good friend, Devin Clark. Hello, everybody. Devin is a close friend. a watcher of television and the NBA, or at least he used to be a watcher of the NBA. Didn't we all? I asked Devin to come in and talk about Love is Blind, the hit Netflix dating show. Mm, and so good. also, I asked him to come in and talk about the NBA, Ugh. which, that's tough. It is tough. I I was thinking about this earlier today when, you know, obviously... It was a couple of days ago when the NBA announced that they were not going to be playing any games in the foreseeable future. And it's just absurd that I cannot share a conversation or a moment with anyone without coronavirus, COVID-19 being really at the forefront of everything right now. But it's completely changed our plans, even just a podcast we were going to record. Yeah. So... Like I was, I stopped at the coffee shop on the way over and I was very mindful of the services that I was touching. Yeah. And I go to, I'm holding the door for the, I'm coming out and I'm holding the door for the guy coming in after me. And I I stop it with my foot. The guy says, thanks, man. And then proceeds to touch the door handle anyway. (laughs) (laughs) I was like. That would probably be me. I was like, (laughs) I guess that's just a habit. Right. (laughs) <laughs> Not a good one at this point. Uh, yeah. Yeah. We're, we're all face touchers. We're all door handle grabbers. It's just kind of the way that that we have habitually lived our lives for however long we've been alive. So. Right. Oh, well. Yeah. And that's that's the norm. <laughs> that's what normal people do. Touch things. Yeah. You're a weirdo if you if you are concerned about germs all the time. You, you go to see your therapist if you take that too far. <laughs> So, oh boy. oh boy, I support seeing a therapist. Me too. I see a therapist. I should probably. So, <laughs> oh my goodness. Anyways, uh, we'll save the COVID nineteen stuff for the end because I like it. uh, it's kind of a downer. It is. And what I really wanted to talk about was Love Is Blind, yes. which since you're at home quarantined, <laughs> you can watch, binge it yeah. because all the episodes are out now. Yeah, we watched the first, Caroline and my wife and I watched the first, um, 
what were there 10 episodes yeah i think there was 10 and um, then there's a reunion show that came out right and i think we watched like there were seven or eight by the time we had like started watching it and we watched probably five episodes one night and we were just like we can't stop <laughs> yeah it's uh it's very it's a very my strange addiction yeah <laughs> type show so um so basically the concept of love is blind is that there's I don't know. There's probably we don't really know how many men and how many women there were because right. we didn't see all of them. Right. But uh, the men are all held up in this one area, and the women are held up another. And in order to like go on dates is what they would call it, they have to go into these pods, which soon will be the only viable form of dating. <laughs> also, the like, only viable form of quarantine <laughs> from the coronavirus. Tinder is <laughs> about to unleash their pods version. Um, <laughs> But I'm so glad I'm not in the dating game right now. <laughs> yeah. So uh, basically, it's it's a weird show, and they are keep using the word experiment. Yeah. To decide, it's an experiment to see if love is truly blind. That's what right. they keep saying. And and Nick Lachey and his wife are the hosts. And every time it's it's they go to him, he's like, and I'm obviously Nick Lachey. <laughs> I'm like, you're. <laughs> You're a D level we know, celebrity. We know who you are, but we're not happy that you're and here. And I don't I don't know why you know who he is. <laughs> I don't know cuz he probably hosted another like didn't strange host, reality show. Yeah, didn't he I could be wrong. Did he host the Sing Off? Which was the a cappella yeah. singing competition? That sounds right. That was a that was a vibe that show. Yeah. Oh man. I people, mean, it, I got into that. It gave us pentatonics. So, yeah. you know, some people love them, some people hate them. I'm I'm perfectly in between on all of it, but they're obviously very talented. So very we would big. have never had yeah. them hit the the mainstream in, unless that show happened. Very big but in uh, my acapella churches of Christ <laughs> circles. Yes, absolutely. But I think Nick Lachey hosted that. I could be wrong. Please um, let us know on Twitter if that is the case. But that, I think. That's the only reason I remember seeing his face because I feel like I've seen his his name or heard his name other places before that. But I think that was the first time I was like, "Oh, that's who Nick Lachey is." Right. Ninety-eight degrees. I don't know. Or was he in sync? I or have was no he idea. Backstreet Boys. I was just wondering if he was an, a musician or an actor. He kind of looks like the guy who plays Vince in <laughs> Ten Things I Hate About You or Ten. Wait, what I like about you with the Amanda Bynes show? I don't know. Um, 98 degrees i was right the first time. yes just making sure internet research yes we still have the internet we do thank god who knows how long that'll last <laughs> once the people that work on the internet that's, that's what, what i was thinking. thinking me too yeah once the people that work make tv shows and work on the internet stop doing that yeah weird like once the co- your internet goes down the comcast person like i'm not coming to your house <laughs> you are You're in done. deep trouble i hope we get into books you know a lot of people still like books these days, but yeah, I I could probably deal with reading a few more than right. than the last couple. I of have years. a few I need to read. Oh, I also man. might get into hunting and <laughs> cooking uh, f- fresh fresh animal foraging deer. for yeah. berries and or looting. I might get into that once <laughs> once the Walgreens people can't go to work. Oh man. Again, we can't stop talking about it. Right. Even on a spinoff of, or a, yeah. aside from Love is Blind. Yeah. Oh, right. Love is Blind. <laughs> so Nick Lachey. 
anyway, he's the host, and he's he's fairly annoying as the host, mm-hmm. but he's really not in the show that much. Yeah, I think like it good. opens up with him giving a monologue about what Love Is Blind the show is all about, and his wife as well. Um, Vanessa, yes, I Vanessa say. is his wife's name. I'm pretty sure, and they kind of intro us with them, but then they kind of throw us into the experiment um, or the viewing experience. Um, and from then on, I don't think they show up maybe for a couple episodes. Like, I think they just kind of bring us right into the lives yeah. of the, the dating s- singles. Yeah. So why did you choose to w- turn the show on? Mm, that's a great question. Why do we choose to turn any Netflix show on? That's true. Um, so I remember seeing another Netflix show called the circle. Mm. Um, which I, I did not view, but I remember seeing the preview for it. Um, you know how Netflix chooses a certain show to kind of promo at the yeah. top of the screen when you first get to the home screen. And I watched that and I was like, oh, that's that's interesting, but, you know, whatever. Um, and then I think I thought that Love is Blind was that at first. And then I was like, but wait, this is different from what I remember it being. <laughs> and so I was like, Caroline let's let's just turn it on and see and she said okay i don't really care (laughs) (laughs) so i was like great and so um and so turned it on and it just kind of stuck i don't i don't recall anyone telling me to like you have to watch this show um because normally i'm just so dumb but whenever people tell me like you have to listen to this music or you have to watch this I'm just so dumb and I'm like, I'm not going to do that because you told me to. And it's just annoying. And that's an annoying trait of mine. And I'm sorry if I do that to you. I'm the same way. But In fact, I'm not even apathetic towards <laughs> it. I'm like, actually, it sucks and I haven't watched it. Right. So Right. And so I I don't even, but I don't think anyone had even said that. Um, I think it was just like, well, let's just try it out. I'm in a, a mood where I don't really want to dive into something heavy. Like we also had recently started watching... Um. Uh, oh goodness, what's it called? Um, Chernobyl on oh, HBO, which okay. is which is a heavy drama and yeah. a very intense show. And I was like, I'm not in that mood right now. Mm-hmm. I need something light and enjoyable. Yeah. And so we turned on this kind of on a whim. And wow, let me tell you, I really enjoyed Just watching pure it. television gold. Yes, is what you stumbled into. Yes. Um. What did you think about the setup? I mean, it's definitely different than any other dating shows that yeah. I've seen. Um, why do you think it was enthralling to you? I think because the reality of these reality shows is not truly reality most times. Mm. And I think we all know that to some extent. Um you watch The Bachelor, as you've kind of spoken recently right. on, on this podcast about, and there's clearly some, you know, some storylines that are being produced, and it still pulls us in, and we still talk about it as if it's real. But but if we're honest with ourselves, I think most times we know that you know that this isn't a hundred percent real. Right. Um. I think sometimes the participants. Uh, can convince themselves that it's real. And that's, I think, when it gets really entertaining. Right. Because they buy in. Yes. But there was something about Love is Blind that felt, at least at first, uh, very organic. 
mm. because of like the the true fact that you actually really couldn't see the person in front of you. And so there, right. you did have to make some kind of connection that was not based on um, the presence of another person right in front of you that you can kind of see facial expressions. You can read certain things about them. Instead, it was a more like, hey, I actually kind of need to get to know you. And there are also, yes, technically there were people dating multiple people as is similar in something like The Bachelor or Bachelorette. Right. Uh, but it was a lot more privatized. There was right. one-on-one interactions only. There was never a group interaction. Right. And so it kind of felt like more natural dating in some ways, even yeah. though you weren't actually seeing the person. Yeah. So I thought that was interesting. I think uh, this is a new thing that I think is probably only applicable to probably people around our age and younger, like mid, mid-20s mid and yeah, down. Of, so. I don't know if, if you were ever in this situation, but I remember there was there have been multiple girls in my lifetime when I was in – you know, after I got a cell phone, uh, high school, college, uh, where I would not, I, we really didn't talk to this person actually in person, right? But we had a lot of online interaction, sure. Or even would would text a lot or Snapchat a lot to a person I don't actually ever really talk to. Like I might see them across the the quad as the college yes. kids say <laughs> uh i might see them across the quad and see oh that's that girl that i've i feel like i know really well also i'm afraid to talk to her in person <laughs> yep absolutely i i remember even going into college um there was a i don't know what it was at the time it was probably both but um when i was admitted to um Lipscomb University, the school of my choice. Um, <laughs> I I was put into like everyone I think still is these days a Facebook group and then also maybe a group me. I can't yeah. remember um, if that was the was case. Group me a thing when we were that age. I I think it was kind of like on its front end and gotcha. gaining some steam. But anyways, somehow some girl like before we even got there, I was still taking classes at my high school as a senior. And she was like, she like, I don't know how I don't, I, I, I really hope that I didn't DM her. It's certainly possible, but I don't think that's what happened. Oh, I don't think that's what happened. DMs Devin. DM Dev. That's (laughs) what all my, my friends call me. Um, no, but, uh, somehow we were interacting and it was like, yeah, I can't wait to like meet you. And it was like really weird. But yeah. once we got to school, I remember like meeting her once and I was like, this this is weird. Like I like I liked you better as someone I didn't yeah. have to face. I like me better when I'm not with you. Ooh. That's not the song though. That's not the song, but I think that it it is very appropriate for Love is Blind. Because I yeah. think once we got out of the pod phase of the show it was very clear that some people were like, I don't like you nearly as much as I did when right. we were in that And experiment. it's not because these people are ugly. No. They're all good-looking people. Although I wouldn't say that they're all like, you know, hand-selected influencer model-level people. Yeah. Um, a few of them could, could become that, but it's not like they're it was like this. They're all or higher. Sure. You know? But not all tens. They're not all tens. Yeah. Which I you appreciated. Know. It was there was a little bit of realism because you you know if, yeah. if if all of these influencer model looking people were in the show, yeah, if you have some kind of emotional connection, then those doors open up yeah. and it's like, yeah, look, we're both beautiful. Yeah, I'm hoping <laughs> it would have been a lot easier. I'm hoping for season two that it's 
it's all fours <laughs> that think their eights are higher because they watch season one and they think I could do that. Everyone's good looking. Like I'm not gonna risk falling in love with someone I'm not attracted to. Right. But then it's because they also think they're like very a very attractive person. And then they all and, and by fours I'm not just talking like pure looks. Come on. Right. Come on. Have some <laughs> you people out there, the <laughs> aggregators. Don't be sliding in Michael likes pod on Twitter's DMs. Yes. Um I'll do it though. But I do think that would be very funny. Yeah. If uh if if everyone's like oh everyone on the first season was good looking i'm good looking i'm going on this season right and then they like because so on the show they get engaged before they've even seen each other right within like 10 days that was like the requirement right. if you can get through this dating without seeing someone you're in the, you know adjacent pods and you're talking through a speaker of some sort i'm assuming uh, but you can't see each other in order to make it to the next phase of the show, you had to propose or accept a proposal from someone in order to then make it out, see the person, and then go to the next phase of the show. Right. Yeah. And so the thing is, when they saw each other, everyone was happy. There wasn't a single person. There was was like one that was like, I didn't know he was white, which how did you not know Cameron was white? (laughs) He is about as, as white as it gets. He is... He is like I was white, waiting. I was white wa- bread, milk toast. I was waiting for the point where we are going to start talking about specific people because I've got some thoughts. Yeah. Well, and then uh, there was one girl who was like, I normally date bigger guys. Oh, my gosh. Um, we all know who you're talking yeah, about. Yeah. And so, and so we'll just let's just run through the couples. Yeah. Um, so there was Mark and Jessica. Mark and Jessica. Uh, Barnett and Amber. Yep. Cameron and Cameron and Lauren. Yep. Damien and Giannina. Yep. G for short. (laughs) We'll just call him Damien and G. Yes. Um, Not because we don't want to take time to learn her name, but because we know it and (laughs) we we don't want to say it. No one wanted to say it. He Um, always called her G, but I guess that's like a pet name or something. And uh, there was also Carlton and Diamond. Yes. And one more. Kelly and Kenny. Kelly and Kenny. Wow. By the way, I mean, we're all talking about this. Spoilers are coming. Oh, for sure. <laughs> I mean, if you if you hadn't picked up on that so far. All that I do on this podcast is spoil things. Exactly. Don't listen so, to it if you haven't. If, if you it, have any interest in watching it. Exactly. Exactly. You're just laughing at me. It's okay. <laughs> um, we're currently sitting in my office right now, and I saw a coworker look in and just laugh. Isn't it funny? You know these millennials making podcasts. Yeah, this is. A, <laughs> what else would two two white mid twenties people be doing? It's like we can't go out and have a good time. Right. Not that we would, anyways. Right, but we have if we have to be quarantined to yeah. ourselves, why yeah. not do it in community? This is all that I see myself doing over the next six months, <laughs> and I don't know what I'll be talking about because I want to talk about sports. <sighs> anyways, we'll bring that up later. So yeah, Kelly and Kenny. Um, and then all of the other ones that we were talking about. Uh, who, what was the couple that you were most excited about when they got engaged? Where you were like, "Oh wow, that's actually like a good fit." Um, were there any? I would say I was like Barnett and Amber. That makes sense. Yeah. And I thought Kelly and Kenny were 
the ideal couple. Kelly and Kenny were a lock from day one. It was yeah. like, wow, they're like the only normal people in this whole, whole show. Can't, I all I want my daughter to marry Kenny someday. Absolutely. I know Kenny's older than me, <laughs> so that might be a little weird, but still, like Kenny of all like just a stand-up guy. He's just really level-headed it seemed, but at the same time none of them were truly level-headed. Because it's just such a bizarre experiment. It's mm-hmm. like, you know, g- good for them for, like, going for it if, if they really felt like... Because that was another kind of caveat to the whole thing is they were almost required to... It, it seemed it, it seemed like they were almost all required to say, like, hey, I'm ready for marriage. Like, you can't just come into this and, like, play the game and try to, like, create something. It's like, everyone was like, I'm ready for love. Like, I've gone through yeah. this or that. Like, it seemed like everyone was required to be, like, at that stage in right. their life. So what? You have $60,000 of credit card debt and the person won't know until the week before. Come on the show. You're ready to get married. Oh my goodness. So many good storylines. Okay. So, Who was the what was the what was the couple that you just knew was doomed to fail? If it's not Mark and Jessica, but, I think you're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely Mark and Jessica I thought was doomed to fail. Um Damien and Giannina I thought was so weird because uh Damien is about as like blunt and boring as you can possibly be as a man. Like I think all that he does is like go work out and then like go home, drink a protein shake and go to sleep. And I don't know what he does for work. That might be it. Yeah. And Giannina, it's like the same thing, but on the other side, because apparently I think she is some kind of social media Okay. marketing marketing for, i don't know if she works for a firm or if she if that you know if that's kind of the reality show way of saying like she's an influencer but they're like social media marketing <laughs> like, yeah. as, like their job title oh yeah that's also what i do right. it doesn't pay very well no but that, <laughs> but we all try yes um and so i thought that that was especially once he got so damien in in the pods gets down on one knee to propose to giannina this was a trip and he said he says will you you know, will you marry me? And she says, no, stand up. And it's like, what is going on? And at this point, she begins to weep yeah, <laughs> loudly. And she gets down on her knee and she says something about how I, th- I want someone who's an equal to me. And I found that and gets down on one knee and asks Damien to marry her. her. Yes. And I'm just like. There's no way Damien has ever wanted this in any sense. He's standing in a room by himself. There's a woman in another room on one knee proposing to him. He's crying on that. Like, I'm like, Damien doesn't seem like this type of bro. No, he doesn't. <laughs> he really did not. I was just like, this is a weird this is a weird thing. It was it was strange. And then their relationship was really fascinating to watch throughout the rest of the experience because you know it seemed like they were like pretty pleased with how each other looked once that reveal happened right Um, a lot of wow he's hot yeah and he was like she's everything that i've ever wanted a girl to look like i'm like really like not that she's not good looking, but it, it was doesn't just doesn't seem like they went together. Yeah, it was just like but I guess like that's you the whole and point. Caroline makes sense. Sure. I'm like these two people Yeah. They look same like they caliber, go together. About both sixes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Is that more offensive uh, to my Carol- wife? I'm Caroline's sorry. probably like she's a at lot. least a level and a half up from you, but yeah. you're not bad looking. 
I appreciate that. Yeah. That's very kind of you. You have a 10 personality. Wow. That's very nice. And you I know. disagree. But well. anyway, so Damien then, you know, kind of becomes himself. He gets boring. He gets serious. And then Giannina reveals herself as like the worst actress ever. Like right. you could totally tell that these were piped in lines and storylines from a producer. And she was just so canned. And it was like this all felt really real until now. Right. It was really bizarre. Yeah. Giannina, the the scene where they have gone to Cancun, mm-hmm. uh, red flag number one, the one when they were on the boat, and she was like yeah. asking him all these questions that he didn't want to answer, which I'm like, okay, well, you're engaged. You kind of have to answer these questions now, right. Damien. But also- he was like, I'm not like I don't want, don't want to talk about that right now. No. And she stormed off yeah. down into the boat. Into the into the the depths of the ravine. The the, the large yeah. large yacht they were sitting on. Yeah. So that was red flag number one. Red flag number two when she was like complaining about their sex life yes. in the apartment. You know, di- like when also- <laughs> you say it's the best of your life and I don't return the favor, it's just like, oh my gosh. Like, my golly. You did not come up with that line. Like, yeah. it, it was so, like, the shot was so perfect. Like, she's like leaning against like the, the kitchen cabinet. Uh, and just over her shoulder, Damien's sitting in the bed in their like one bedroom apartment right. in Atlanta. And it was just like this weird, like, very clearly set up yeah. moment. And yeah. I, I think that like it was weird how a lot of the conversations that they had after they were together, and this isn't just them, but a lot of the couples, it's when they were in different rooms. Yeah. I was like, this pod thing, yeah. sticking with you guys. They, you they, can't they, be they honest kept, to each other's face. Right. They kept kind of going back to it, which, you know, I think there's some clear intentionality uh, from the producers on making that a thing. And kind of showing like, hey, well, like, let's return back to our roots and this is how we can connect. And then trying to grow that emotional connection, as they all kept saying, I, the, f- the verbiage on this was so annoying. It yeah. was just like, well, we've had this emotional connection, but like we're trying to build this physical connection and like all this. Di- and, like everyone said that like eight times an episode. It was like, we right. get it. We know what's happening. Like, just let it play out. But yeah, it was very clear that they were trying to make that happen. And... In the end, I still loved it. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of a w- couple of other like really intense moments. I want to know what your thoughts are. Were thoughts were on the uh, Jessica Barnett Mark love triangle? Oh boy. Um, you know, I'll say this: I have a ton more respect for Jessica after watching the reunion show. Mm. Because she seemed, obviously, throughout the process of this show, that there was a clear, like, you know, Mark is a very, you know, weird fit for me. She mentioned about a thousand times that it's just going to be weird that he was 10 years younger than her or whatever. Um, and so, clearly, she was also still interested in Barnett in some ways. Um, she tried to act like she wasn't. And that's fine. But at the end of the day, after Amber kind of comes at her at the reunion show, which was super awkward, it was like, whoa. But, I mean, I think that's kind of the point. Also, Amber is... She's wild, indeed. 
She's wild. <laughs> you you understood how in wild she was as the show progressed. Yeah. You're like, this girl's a little weird at first. Yeah. And then it was like, I oh. think Barnett went with her because he actually thought she might kill him if she, if he didn't end up with yeah, her later. Yeah, he said that. <laughs> I, no, I think he actually believed it, though. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. But anyway, so Jessica then received that lash lashing out to be honest from amber at the reunion show and she she seemed from what i could tell i don't know these people i don't know what they've done for the last year and a half because this was filmed in 2018 right which is also another crazy thing about it um but the the reaction and response that that jessica gave to amber's kind of challenge to her i thought was actually well thought out and well matured of her Mm. i think if this reunion show had happened like a year ago i think jessica would have really gotten awkward and tried to defend herself a lot more and it seems like she's actually decently apologetic all that to say she was definitely still into barnett it was so clear yeah to everyone and then when she got drunk and (laughs) was that was that in cancun or was that once they were back there were a few times i think if we're being honest but when the real truth came out where she's drunk and she says to Mark, I think Barnett is effing sexy and hot. And Mark is just like, I'm sleeping on the couch. Which, if you haven't seen last week's SNL episode oh, on the on yes. the couch uh, digital short that they did yes. with The weekend, go, like YouTube that right now if you're so listening. Good. <laughs> it's hilarious. So good. Um, yeah. yeah. So is yeah. there any other couples you want to talk about? Um, I think we should touch on Carlton and Diamond yes. really quick. Yes. So for our listeners, Carlton is um, a guy who is, I, I think he would identify as bisexual. Sure. I don't want to put yeah. that on him. I think he claimed that in the reunion show. Yeah. But basically he was he didn't tell Diamond until they were engaged in Cancun, which still he had only known her for two weeks. So. Right. But let's just say it like it was. They were engaged and she didn't know. Right. That he had been with men before. Yeah. I actually thought Diamond handled that about as well as you could. Absolutely. Initially. Yeah. I don't know what Carlton was expecting to happen. Right. I think think Carlton was... This is... uh, super projecting of me so let me just say this that up is, front yeah, all like speculation we, we have no idea like we have projection no idea cast. exactly how they felt but um you know it, it seems like he was expecting a gracious response something that was a lot more patient uh which maybe would have lined up with his experience of diamond before that in the pods maybe if you want to phrase right. it that way he had kind of come to know her as a more kind of gracious person but when you drop a bomb like that on someone and expect just like immediate acceptance that's that's for one in my opinion just not fair because you have to allow people to process right Uh, and so i think it was really emotionally immature of him at the time yeah and then she ends up comforting him that first night yeah even though he's the one that in my opinion should have been comforting her and to say like can i answer any questions that you have right like instead she was like well i need to think about that right and process that right and he just flips out and and so the next morning the pool scene i thought was about as big of a blow up as you absolutely could, uh, absolutely possibly have um where he she 
takes the ring off and sets it on the pool and he says you think i care about a ring or whatever i don't care about a ring takes the ring throws it in the pool throws it into the pool (laughs) and i'm like i haven't priced out engagement rings but (laughs) but that's not cheap to my understanding that was a good nice engagement ring probably running i don't know what do you think four or five grand at least yeah if i had to guess I didn't get a really great close-up look, but it was uh, seeming to me that every ring that every person in, uh, proposed with was the same. Yeah, That was speculation, so that's interesting. Maybe they were just stock rings given to all of them. So they could have been cubic zirconium, and they were worth like 2000 or less dollars. Which, right. you know, hey, you got to start somewhere, Love is Blind, and make yeah. sure that you can afford this show happening once. And then next year, you've got the Neil Lane Diamond sponsorship. Like bachelor level exactly. engagement rings. you got to start somewhere. Yeah. So, you know, his, uh, Carlton's response was very immature. There was a big blow up. But then, again, come back to the reunion, you saw a lot of time to process and think. Right. Um, he apologized to Diamond for what happened there. And then it seemed as though they came to somewhat of an amicable finish yeah. which was very beautiful to see it was a i thought it was a forced amicable finish because yeah he then gets down on one knee with a ring that's allegedly the ring he threw in the pool right right but if you're saying all the rings are the same it could have been any had another one they gave absolutely him. like i just don't think you could find it <laughs> Like, I I don't know how good of a swimmer Carlton is. I know I wouldn't have been able to find it in there. Well, if it was like a resort pool, those don't go, like, deep. It was probably, like, a four-foot deep pool. So he probably could have, like, found it with his foot and picked it up or something. So I'm not fully discounting that it wasn't the real ring, but it probably wasn't the real ring. And uh, so then he gets down on one knee and gives her a ring back and said, like, he, he proposed to be her friend again. He kind of like precursed it like, I don't want you to think I'm doing some like marriage proposal here. And it was like at the moment, it was very awkward. And like, it was like, oh, what's what's going on here? But then, yeah, he kind of is like, can we be cool? To me, she looked very uncomfortable. I I would I would be uncomfortable, too, even right. if I was accepting of it, though, because I think at the end of the day, there was a little bit of her that was like, well, that was big of him to at least try. But then he was like, you have to she like she was like, thanks. And then he's like, no, like, put it on your finger. Yeah, that was weird. <laughs> and it was like, <laughs> oh, oh so now she's going to go home wearing an, an engagement ring. And then people are going to ask her about it. She's like, actually, this is a forgiveness ring. Yeah, what a weird <laughs> term. <laughs> oh, man. So, yeah. All I have to say, here's my, here's my final take on, on Love is Blind. It was really fun to watch. Apparently, also, there were more couples who got engaged through that process, but they were not as entertaining. Oh. And so we never saw them. Yeah. Um, I don't know if they got engaged but didn't get invited to Cancun or if they were there, but they kind of filmed in waves and were really, really good about cutting people out. Hmm. Um, Yeah, because you never saw anyone except our guy, Rory. Who was like the clubhouse bro. Okay, so here's the thing. Here's my concept on Rory. I'm so <laughs> glad you brought that up. My I, my concept of Rory is that he is a paid relationship coach or therapist. And he was placed amongst them to... Because he was he just played wingman the whole time. Yeah. He literally... Like we like, never we saw never him, saw him in a dates. pod. Yeah. yeah. But instead, he was, he was with three... I'm pretty sure three different guys at some point being like... 
well like have you thought about how she's feeling about this yeah <laughs> it's just like he's just giving like I was like they, like they therapeutic found advice the, the one guy with emotional intelligence and just had him talk to the other dudes yes Yes, and I don't know if there was a girl on the other side that that was similar. Maybe there was, but it seems like Rory's name came up a couple times as he was talking to Barnett and maybe Mark, um, maybe Damien. I can't remember, but I I I genuinely thought that at the time I was like, this guy's totally just a an insurgent yeah. <laughs> relationship therapist. <laughs> yeah. So here's here's the question I w- I want to ask: Who, as you watch the show, grew on you the most? Like as you liked them more as the show went on, mm. and who in the show uh, did you like less as the show went on? This is this might be a hot take. And no I'm, reunion show counting. No reunion show. No, no, no. This yeah. this this has nothing to do with that. Um, I might get some flack for this. Okay. But the one that I liked more as it went on was Barnett. Yes, me too. And absolutely, there were some definite immature moments, especially early on, and then even later on, but. He really seemed to kind of settle in and be like, hey, I've committed to this. I'm going to work towards this with Amber. Right. And at first, obviously, he was back and forth. But, you know, I can't say I would have done much better when it's just such a unique dating situation. And I'm really bad with letting people down. And I I never want to create conflict. So it's just difficult for you know, someone to do that. And I can so I can understand he definitely did not handle it well. And it was not. It's not great, <laughs> but right. but as it went on, it seemed like he was he was really committed to to Amber, and yeah. I was really impressed by that because I did not expect it. I, I thought once right. he saw Jessica too, he'd be like, eh, well, maybe you know." He never really was like that. Yeah, I think so. Here, I, uh, one of my friends posted on, on Facebook something. It was a a GIF of Jessica saying like, "I might ten years older than Mark," and it was like, <laughs> "If I have to hear this one more time," was the caption. Yeah, and. Uh, I commented on it and I said, yeah, Jessica is kind of annoying, but like I cannot stand Barnett. Right. At that point, I had watched about two or three episodes. Yeah. Like still in the pods. Yep. Um, it turns out that Barnett is actually kind of got his life together. Yeah. In a way that uh, Amber definitely didn't. Right. Uh, and Jessica definitely didn't. Jessica seems like she's a successful woman in business, but her personal life seemed like it was in shambles from a lot of different angles. Yeah. I don't know if that's true, but that's at least the way they portrayed it. Right. Um, yeah. um, and I thought that that was uh, just a, a shocking turn of events for me because I, I just was watching Barnett and I was like, this is about as like, uh, let's see, <laughs> how should I describe it? About as uh, he he just came off as a playboy. Yeah, totally. Most definitely, and, and that could have been editing on their part on how right. they made him look. But I think and I think it, there was some truth to it. As yeah, well. and I think that Jessica came off like you said as this like put together adult woman, right? Seeking a husband. Yeah. Um, and then as they went to Cancun, it just seemed like Jessica felt like things were just just unraveling absolutely um, absolutely and i felt horrible for mark absolutely mark is this just incredibly naive 24 year old guy like so here's shooting his shot with a much older woman <laughs> here's here's my other side to this the person that i liked less and less which i hate to say this but it's mark mm. because 
he I I admire greatly his commitment to being like I want to make this work like he's just you can tell he's just a very sweetheart kind of guy like he's yeah. just he's really wants to just like be there for his girl that he blindly not to be ironic here but blindly could yeah. not tell that she just was not into him he, yeah. just, he just would not let that become a, right. an acceptance of his life we've all been there oh absolutely but we yeah. were 20 right and we weren't going after a 34 year old right that's also true but as it went on it just became more and more a pain i was like dude like i admire your gusto here but like you gotta let it go yeah like she's not into you so it was just yeah. one of those things um i hate to say that about mark because i really really did like him throughout most of it but by the end of it i was like dude you should have given up on this a while ago you would have you would have been able to get away from a lot of heart heartache here yeah, yeah. It, it just seemed in in the way that it's edited it just seems like when his brother is just like dude you like don't know what you're doing here like why are you getting married like through this thing this is so weird like have you thought this through right and i'm just like you know i don't know that i would have the the guts to like go to a friend or a brother and just be like you really shouldn't. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't know, like, what kind of decision they would have to be making before I was just like, dude, not hey, a good Devin, idea. I'm going to level with you. This is a bad idea and you shouldn't do it. Cause I'm kind of like, you know what? Let everybody live their life yeah. and make mistakes. But I was like, man, his brother's kind of like, yeah, I was just like, just let him do it. Like, yeah. he's obviously not going to change his mind. But then, like, I'm like, Actually, maybe he had a good point. Yeah. Like <laughs> he's kind of coming through for his brother. And, yeah. Uh, his brother is kind of Mark is just like, no, I'm doing this. And I was like, <sighs> set yourself up for failure, yeah. bro. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> unsure. So the last couple I want to talk about is Kelly and Kenny. Yes. Because um, it seemed as if they were perfect for each other. Yeah. And did. they might have been sure. actually. Yeah. Um, So. They get engaged in the pods. They go to Cancun. They seem to be having a great time, except for Kelly is just a little hesitant to go there physically yeah. with Kenny, which right. is the point of the Cancun stuff. I think at first it was very admirable because people were like, hey, like she's not just like buying right. into this like ruse of like you have yeah, to be physical and all this sure. stuff. And so it was like, oh man, I really respect. Like their their maturity is just like, hey, let's take this slow. Like, let's just, you know, still get to know each other, all this stuff. But then it clearly just kept lingering and lingering. And she was just like, I just don't know if I like this guy. Yeah. And so Kenny ends up being sort of she's like then says, you know, the things that we all don't like to hear. Right. Which is I just think he's kind of more of a best friend. <laughs> Yikes. Which <laughs> as someone who I, I feel like that has I've experienced that several times in my life. Yes. It's just not what you want to hear. No. Um, it's also kind I also think it's a sham. In I think what way? that I think that I think that intimacy is not like yeah, like maybe you're not attracted to someone. Right. I also think that people put up mental blocks cuz it's like this isn't what is traditionally I have found attractive. Right. Instead of just being like I don't know if you just viewed them as like if you tell yourself actually this person is like sexy 
Yeah. You're going to think that they're sexy, right. in my opinion. Oh, uh, yeah. That makes and, sense to me. And I think that um, she does, like, the classic, like, I'm just, like, not, like, she's, and then she, like, describes who she normally dates. Right. I'm like, maybe the reason you're so still single is because the guys <laughs> you normally date aren't going to go the distance. Right. <laughs> you know? I yeah. was just like, Kelly, get with the program. Yep. I don't know. Kelly, I loved her, and then I think also think her friends had a big impact on her when they were like, "So do you like you just met this guy right on a TV show in a closed windowless room right?" Which is like could have been fed to them to ask her, but also is is a pretty legitimate question. I think a friend would ask. Yeah, you know, it's like, so is this really what's going on? But yeah, I yeah. don't know. So I just thought that that was just the classic. Kelly, Kenny situation was just a classic. Actually, I think we're just friends. Right. And it's like, actually, you could be more than friends, but you are not letting yourself go there mentally. Yep. Which, uh, sorry for Kenny, but Kenny's going to be just fine. He's going to be just fine. Just indelibly handsome. Yeah. Sweet guy. Very patient. Very... He's a good communicator. I, I, w- I would. From what I saw, he seemed like he should be the mayor of a city. <laughs> you know, like if he shaved his beard, yeah. like he could play like an up and coming mayor on a Netflix show. You know, who's going to run for president or like something a, like, like that. a Beto O'Rourke or something? Yeah, Just like this young cool guy. Yeah, I got mean, it all together. <laughs> like young and cool, but not too cool. Like definitely, like okay, this guy has enough boringness in him that I trust him. Yep, absolutely. You know. <laughs> Like, but just insanely friendly. And I thought that it was odd the way that they did, like, after Kelly said no at the altar, um, the, that he's back in, like, the wine cellar where the they're getting ready. And they hadn't done this all season. Right. But then they're showing, like, or they're, you can hear producers asking him questions. And he's like, Jimmy, I don't want to talk about with, that with you right now. Like, I just, like, this yep. is too much. Turn that camera off. Turn that camera off. I'm done with this. Like, yeah. And they're like, do you think that you and Kelly will, will still date? He's like, I don't want to talk about this with you right now. And I was like, finally, we're seeing like some rational human behavior. <laughs> right. Of like, I am not like a monkey at the zoo. Right. Like, I'm a person and I'm actually experiencing immense heartache right now. Or it was the most monkey like thing and they made the whole thing up. Oof. I'm not suggesting that Man. that's true, but I just have to play devil's advocate and yeah. say, you never know. Yeah, because I agree with you. I think it seemed like he was finally like, "This is dumb." Like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm done with this whole thing. Right, but maybe, maybe they wanted the drama. Yeah, so I thought it was bizarre. Yes, it was. Um, so season two, are you gonna watch it? Absolutely, if there is one. Oh, they they couldn't not do it now. I would be shocked if there wasn't, but you never know. Yeah, sometimes things like that disappoint us. <laughs> True. Sometimes. I think it's too much of a cash cow at this point. That's to, probably true to, as well. To not do. The only thing is, like, they you can't just, like, mass produce seasons because they, like, if they want to do a reunion show. Right. They've got to catch up with these people a year later. Yep. Which I was honestly shocked to see that the people that went through with their marriages at the altar were still married. Yeah. In the reunion show. Right. It. I, I still have serious doubts about Bar- Barnett and Amber. I. I think it looked very... Yeah. strange and uncomfortable 
Lauren and Cameron's wedding was the only unique wedding. Like it felt like an actual wedding. <laughs> right. Like whereas everyone else's was just like obviously, you know, producers or the show were, were paying for some of it and there were, you know, reports around that they had to pay some of the couples had to pay for a lot of it themselves. And so, but it looked like they clearly had a few like individual options. Yeah. And everyone kind of picked very similar stuff. But then you only really saw the reception for Cameron yeah. and Lauren. And it was like, oh, look, those are their actual yeah. family and Their friends. actual family, actual <laughs> friends, like dancing in a circle, yes. you know, like yeah. it looked like a wedding video. Yeah, it did. You know, and I I thought it was nice. Um, <laughs> I love Cameron and Lauren. Yes, and I, Cameron's super weird and awkward, but good for them. And just a rock yes cameron is about as rock as it comes the only slightly creepy but very very yeah committed in a sweet way yeah creepy in a sweet way yeah if you can balance those two things yes that's cameron and i i thought you know there was that one scene when they were like after cancun before marriage where lauren's like so like you think i can keep my own place when we get married and cameron's like uh i would have to think about that right it's like no absolutely not <laughs> cameron's house looked really nice it was yeah. large he's also a scientist so he probably makes a lot of money yeah you think they're gonna live in maine though i don't know do all these people live in atlanta well i think so i think that was the i think that was the the casting call was for atlanta singles okay um so at some point they were all living in atlanta and so that's what made sense for them to come back to atlanta altogether mm. and be cooped right. up in a random apartment complex but yeah gotcha yeah you have anything else you want to say about love is blind so much but for another day yeah <laughs> for another day we'll t- <laughs> we'll text <laughs> <laughs>
in your opinion, let's say six weeks from now, mm-hmm. the NBA has tested all their players. They've either already had it mm-hmm. and they're done with it or they haven't had it yet. Yep. And let's assume in six weeks tests are readily available so they'll be able to know if anyone has it right. or not. Right, right. The season typically ends around April 15th. Yep. And they start the first round of the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Which the first round of the playoffs normally goes till about the 1st of May. Yep. So that's about six weeks out, the 1st of May. If you're the NBA, do you and it, do you decide, you know what, we're going to play these games with no one in the crowd? Do you think they go straight to the playoffs at that time? Do you think they say what what we've do they play a certain amount of games to make sure everyone plays the same amount because I don't know what the playoff bubble looks like right now, but yeah. do you think they say whatever these positions are we're just going straight to the playoffs? I mean, I there's no telling. That's what I would think they would do. And I also was thinking like maybe they just cut maybe it's just seeds 1 through 4 in both conferences. True. Right. Um, give him the the best bet thing yeah which I'll, is really a bummer for someone like john morant who's a rookie fighting to get his team right. into in the playoff yeah. p- position you if, know if you think that zion williamson should win rookie of the year now you are out of your mind absolutely correct yeah absolutely correct like it was a it was a strange case to make if they played a full season yep. still but now it's like no no um he and was I, great and he's gonna be great yeah and they, if he stays healthy but john morant is the rookie of the year bar none that's just the case. That's 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 yeah. the truth. And I think that I would love that. I would love to watch it. If they can find a way to do it without having large gatherings and stuff like that, I I want to see this season played out because I you know, I think we're all mourning the loss of this awesome what was shaping up to be in a truly Incredible. entertaining and yes. awesome NBA playoffs. There's three teams in each conference that are like, we can do this thing. Yeah. At least. Lakers, Clippers. Nuggets. Nuggets. Jazz-ish. Yeah. Rockets were looking pretty hot, but right. not anymore. And, and like, then you've got the Bucks, the Celtics. The Raptors. The Raptors have been the continuously heat, the hot. The Sixers. Like, yeah. And I, I just, you know, I think it's okay to say it's a sad thing. Yeah. Um, Absolutely. And I don't, I don't want to come off as like, I can't believe you want them to play like blah blah blah. Like that's ridiculous. The people's lives are at stake. I'm like, I'm saying it's sad. Yeah, we're all bummed, and it's a bummer because they just canceled the Masters this morning or postponed. They postponed the, the Masters. Yeah, they were going to play potentially with limited people or whatever, but they yep, the Masters came out this morning and said we're not doing it. So, see that doesn't see that my thing is like golf seems like one of the sports you can do. Why? Because no one's touching each other. You're touching your stuff. Right. You know? And your caddy's touching your stuff. Right. And it would have been fascinating to see a golf event with no fans because it's kind of the pure form of golf. Right. It's the less exciting form for television, but it would have been very interesting to watch. Um, but, yeah, I mean, everyone's just really sad. And yeah. obviously myself included. But it's very clear that social distancing – is the phrase that everyone is using to say this is the best course of action for this not to spread any further. Do you have a good grasp on what social distancing actually means? Because I've I hadn't heard it used at all till three days ago. Right. And everyone just assumes everyone knows what that means. Right. 
I does that mean no handshakes or does that mean everyone the way you interact now is through Skype? Uh, I think it it means uh, do not completely shut off your live your lives from other people from other engagements, but large crowd events like sporting events um, need not occur. Um, yeah. You know, church gatherings need not occur. Um, you know, for me, especially as a church employee, you know, my concern was, you know, what do we do for our members who are 60 years of age and older who... Which is a large so portion far, of most institutional churches. My in church, field. especially. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we've got a large, large population of our, of our membership is, is that 60 years and older demographic. And, you know, how much of a bummer is it to say, hey, if you're 60 and older, don't come. That's that's honestly the one and demographic. those are the people that will come regardless. Exactly, because they're, they're like, like I'm if not I afraid get sick, all this stuff. Then it's it's all good because I'll be worshiping Jesus. <laughs> that's right. And it's like, yeah, but we'll feel bad. Exactly. You know. Yep. And we're not going to do that to you. And so that's a, that's a tough thing to do as well. So I can't speak for our leadership at the church that I work at, but the decision was made. We're not going to meet this Sunday. And yeah. I think that it's right, you know, for a time until yeah. we know. Um, and that's a bummer, but I'll still do something like this. I'll sit right. across, you know, a room from you. I'm not like in opposite corners of the room from you, but like, you know, yeah. I'll sit next to you in a room. I, you know, I feel pretty healthy. You feel pretty healthy. Um, we're both young. I'll do this. But no, I'm not going to go to a concert at right. the Cannery Ballroom. I'm not going to go to a Preds game at the Bridgestone Arena. Um, I'm not right. going to go to church because whether or not I know I have it and, you know, probably don't, but maybe I do and I could transmit yeah. it to an older folk. That's that's just not what we need to be doing right now. So, yeah, um, it's I mean, sad. Are, are you afraid at all? This is something I've thought about. It's like if if all of our churches shut it down, mm-hmm. do people come back to church in six months? I, I've been really intrigued by the concept of what churches are going to, um, you know, go to a live stream or an online campus, which I, I don't have a lot of research in that realm, but I have no idea what it means to be an online campus. That just makes no sense yeah. to me. Um, that's not me bagging on right. people who do that, but I just have no exposure yeah. to it. But I wonder if churches are going to find that to be a ministry that they find maybe thrives in this time. And then once we do come back to the opportunity to gather again in person that they say, Oh, but we actually kind of enjoyed the reach that that gave us. I don't think a lot of churches will have that experience, but I think some might, and I'll be intrigued if some churches add an online campus after this. I don't, I don't fully see that being the case, but I'm curious what types of interesting programs and ministries might become birthed out of necessity from this time. Right. It's hard to speculate, but I'm curious. Yeah, I think, um, you know, I wonder if people are going to think, you know what? Like, Sunday morning, 10 a.m. in my PJs, watching my computer while scrolling Twitter or whatever was kind of, you know, like, I didn't have to get up. I didn't have to go anywhere. Right. Now, I'll say... Watching preachers on video is incredibly boring. I hate it. I don't do it. Yeah. I work. I'm a professional Christian, and yeah. I don't. <laughs> right. I don't do that. because right. Why? Because no one is good at it. No. The last time, like, anyone was good at talking into a camera about God, it was Rob Bell. Yeah. Right. Because we don't talk into cameras about God. We talk to people about God. Right. 
And I think that when you lose that level of vulnerable connection, Mm -hmm. it kind of loses the sauce a little bit. Absolutely. And, you know, so I understand, um, why we do that. I think now is the time for families to actually reclaim Jesus time. Yeah, because I, absolutely. I think, you know, most families, even if they go to church, mm-hmm. um, the parents go to worship and they might go to Sunday school mm-hmm. and their kids go to youth group right? or their little kids go to children's, kid, children's worship or whatever worship. you call it. Yep. And um, I hope that people use this as a time to do things together yeah, and talk about Jesus together around their living room or at their table. Yeah. And instead of just expecting uh, their church to outsource resources for everybody. Right. Right. Um, which churches will do. Yeah. Why? Because they're a lot of our churches are paying people. Yeah. They kind of feel responsible to provide. If I'm getting resources. paid yeah. a salary and we're not having church, I should be doing something. Right. You know, as I work in the tech uh, media kind of side of church, really half of my responsibilities now are, I wouldn't say null and void, but a lot of it is directing our Sunday morning gatherings from a technical aspect. Yeah. And so I'm not doing that week to week, but instead I'm now producing video of sermons to send out. That's what I'm going to do right after this podcast is, right. is go and record our preacher for this Sunday and we'll email it out to everyone. So yeah. I think there is a way that you know, churches and ministers will then shift what their responsibilities are, but it's not the same as, as when you're gathering on a Sunday. And I think that people will either fall one of two ways, what you were saying, they'll either say, I don't mind this being at home on a Sunday thing and I can, you know, listen to this thing, or they're going to really yearn for that community and, and realize that, no, I actually undervalued it and really can't wait to get back. Right. And I hope it's more of the second, but you never know. Yeah. For me, I know it will be the second because, you know, I, I, it's not like I go to church, you know, because I miss the sermons. Right. You know, right. Like I go to church because like, you see the people, there's people there and it's, it's honestly fun for me. I enjoy the community of it. Absolutely. Um, and I think that that's just going to be a, a thing that we have to navigate. And I, I also want to want to have a better understanding of how churches are going to interact with people that aren't families, mm. yeah, singles, um, and you know, just couples, yeah, because and elderly and widows too. Yeah, um, that's especially unique be- with the current circumstances. But you know, those people are not as well connected right. to the internet at times. Yeah. Sometimes they are well connected and you, they kind of surprise us, but a lot of them are not. Yeah. And they and, don't have that and same then access. It's like, well, someone can take them communion and I'm thinking, what if I take them communion and coronavirus? <laughs> right. Right. I would rather not do either of those. Right. If that's the case. And, um, it's just a weird time, man. It is. It's a weird it time. And we are just going to have to buckle up and see what happens and see if, um, our government has can get a plan in place that's going to work. I have very little faith for that, and which is really sad. But hopefully, yeah. hopefully th- they surprise us. Eventually, <laughs> I think someone smart is just going to have to take over things and yeah, be like, 
they're just going to have to be given authority over it because it's like this is out of our hands now. We don't know what's going on. So right. we're right. This organization is now the leading like thinkers and organizers of how we're handling this. Yeah. And uh, right. It's crazy. It's crazy. And you know, I think that I I think that the reason I'm so freaked about it is I probably just overloaded with media constantly. Yeah, we all are. Um, you know, the last time something similar ish to this in my head was swine flu h1n1 yeah. uh, i think is that um that virus yeah. um we were in high school you and i about yeah. that age i think when that happened and i have a coworker who was in high school in texas at the time and it was a little more intense in texas a little right. bit more um pig action in yeah. texas than it is you know in in less rural areas but um but media was just kind of starting to like get going yeah. at the time of that. So like I remember in high school being like, oh yeah, swine flu is a thing, but I was never really afraid and it didn't dominate the lunchroom table conversation. Yeah. But now it dominates every conversation that I have. Right. With my wife, with my friends, with my coworkers. Yeah. Um, it's always a, a big point of what we're talking about. Right. So where, yeah, I'm really interested to see how media is shaping this. And I'm not talking about media as in the narratives that are being told. I mean, that's obviously very interesting too. Different angles, different spin, different whatever. But just, just the general level of exposure is just way higher than it ever has yeah. been for something like this. And yeah. it's really affecting our, our people mentally, emotionally. So yeah. I hope it's it, interesting. I hope, though it does cause us uh, a lot more just mental anxiety mm. i am hopeful that our ex overexposure will cause us to uh be more ready to limit its effects yeah um because it will be at the front of our mind and we won't just be like Careless. going around high-fiving yeah. and, and stuff like that absolutely so, yeah yeah anything else you want to talk about no it's it's such a it's such a bummer to kind of feel like we're ending on like well this is where we're at <laughs> and it sucks, but you know, there is hope Yeah, in our Lord. Amen. Jesus. Amen to that. That's what, that's what they tell me. That's I'm excited. What, that's what they say. <laughs> I'm into that. I'm into that. I'm in for hope. I'm in for hope too. And I think that there's, um, space for hope. Um, I'm, I'm a little tired of, um, seeing social media posts about, shaming people who are who are fearful um yeah. it's What's like the deal with that you know there's a lot of other uh i'm in like a church technology group and it seems like every like sometimes people share their like designs for their next sermon series or something and people are yeah. sharing banners about like you know um you know turning covid19 like changing the graphic of like those words into covered and like you're covered by jesus and it's just a lot of these things where people are trying to be like, why be fearful when we have Jesus? It's like, no, fear is, is right. a normal response. Yeah. Let's normalize that and say, okay, this is a scary right. thing. Yeah. You know, let's be smart about it. Right. We don't have to overreact and be hysteric, yeah. but we don't have to give it no credence at all. Right. Fear is normal. Right. And let's, let's acknowledge it. Yeah. And then from that space, respond well yeah. to love our neighbor, love ourselves, and be wise right i think that's a, a good way to respond right. but sometimes we overreact to everything yeah. we see online so i mean i was talking I to know. like a, a high school student at our church from our church last night mm -hmm. or wednesday night and he was like 
number like it was amazing because w- at 6 30 is when they got there and then they were kind of goofing on coronavirus and how it's not a big deal and i'm like this is a big deal guys yeah this is a big deal like everything's about to get shut down like y'all are probably not going back to school maybe for the rest of the year like you're gonna gr- yeah. you're gonna get your diploma in the mail right and they were acting like it wasn't a big deal of course we're at chick-fil-a after church and the nba shuts it down right and then all of a sudden oh my gosh i'm driving home i'm not touching anything i'm like (laughs) thank you that's what i was trying to say i came they came into and i was like hey we wiped down the tables just so you know you don't have to be worried about germs right um and so but anyways uh one of our students was like you know like you shouldn't be afraid of death and i'm like um it's okay to be afraid of death yeah like i know it's very popular in our christian circles to be like you know we want old people to say i'm not afraid of death because i'm going to heaven and jesus and all that and it's like but also like if i'm if i'm if i'm going into a hospice place or i'm going into someone who's who's terminal yeah you know what i should be saying how are you feeling yeah not you shouldn't be afraid of death right it's okay to be afraid of death. It is okay it's to be afraid. It's an unknown thing. Yeah. Um, just like you were saying, we shouldn't be shaming people. So, uh, yeah, there is hope. But there is. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm confident that this time will pass, and we will look back at this as a bizarre, insane time. And we, I'm interested to see how culture changes. Absolutely. Yeah. This will be one of those moments where we we look back and say, remember, remember when coronavirus hit? Yeah. And uh, I'm kind of stealing this from uh, one of our ministers here. He was kind of sharing this with our church. But, you know, there are markers in time, and we can always respond one of two ways or maybe one of multiple ways. But I hope that we come out of this saying, we handled that well. (laughs) Not, we all lost our minds. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You know? Yeah. So we'll see. Yeah. We'll see. All right. Thanks, Devin. Thanks, Michael. This has been fun. This has been good. This is I think this might be our, our most downloaded pod. I'm I'm hopeful. You're only going up from here. Yeah. This has been a blast. Next time, here's my request. Okay. If if I'm invited back onto Michael Likes stuff. Yeah. I want to talk about hopefully normalized uh culture that's not completely terrified of, of coronavirus, but I want to talk about food. Okay. In Nashville specifically. Yeah, because I have I saw uh, Caroline's Instagram story, and and y'all went to a restaurant maybe last week or two weeks ago, Mm -hmm. and it was also a bar, and I was like, that, whatever place that is, that looks awesome, and I've been meaning to ask you about it. Yes. Well, I want to talk food. I want to actually talk NBA, and I think we'll have some other good conversations in the future. For sure, dude. Yes. Thanks, man. Love it. Well, I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Devin today. I know that I did. Thank you for tuning in. If you want to uh, get more involved with the pod, you can follow us on Twitter at Michael Likes Pod. Always retweeting and sharing stuff that that I enjoy, that I think is fun. And also, uh, you can subscribe on Apple Podcasts now. That's a big deal. We're on Apple Podcasts, folks. So go ahead and subscribe. Give us a five-star review because I want as many people to be able to enjoy this podcast as possible. Thank you so, so much for tuning in today. Stay safe. Don't go out. 
Uh, if you don't have to, don't be infecting uh, people uh, or be the infected person. So thank you so much. Stay clear. Stay healthy. I love you. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Have a good one.